This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 56. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. Hey. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Hey, Kelly Hurst. And, and I'm hi, Brett, Brett Hurst. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Brett Hurst. Yep. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Well, before we get started today, I want to mention a resource. Sometimes at the top of the episode, we talk about a book or an article or something worth mentioning. Well, go right ahead. I want to mention one of my favorite websites, and that is michaelhyatt.com. For those of you who might live in a cave and have never heard of Michael Hyatt. He is a (laughs) best-selling author and writer and blogger and podcaster. And he really deals a lot with like just helping leaders be their best, Mm -hmm. you know, um, helping people with productivity. And he's just one of my all-time favorites. I love his style. I love that he keeps things kind of short and brief and to the point. I like that too. I know. And um, so I just, I, I like his style. I like everything I've ever read. I've listened to every single podcast episode he's ever done. Wowzer. I know. And so I really like him. And so Michael Hyatt. Do you listen to every single podcast we do? Of course I do. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So Michael Hyatt, that's H Y A T T dot com. I just want to throw that out there. Well, today's episode is called Everyone's an Expert. Do tell. What in the world does that mean? Well, the idea for this topic came to me a couple of months ago, and it was based on a blog post from, wait for it, Michael Hyatt. No way. Is that the same Michael Hyatt you were just talking about? It is, hence why I mentioned him as a resource. Okay. And he was talking about how all leaders, all leaders have certain natural strengths and abilities that Mm -hmm. come into play in their business or their organization. And so he was talking about how you can think of yourself as an expert in those areas where you have a natural strength or ability. Like play up to that expertise? Yeah. Like, for example, if you are naturally gifted at being outgoing, having an outgoing personality, you could consider yourself an expert in that area because that's what you're naturally good at. All right. So if you're naturally organized, you could consider yourself to be an expert at organization. And I just really liked the spin of that. And I was just kind of inspired to think of it that way. And because everyone's an expert at something. I guess so. You know? Yeah. And so I wondered what might change if we took that idea and talked about marriage as it relates to being an expert and and realizing that everyone, even our spouses, who may frustrate us sometimes. No. I'm not speaking of you, of course. No, I don't frustrate um, you. That everyone's an expert at something. And so how could that maybe just help us to put a little bit more of a positive spin on our marriage relationships and and how we think of it? So every... Everybody brings something great to the table. Exactly. I loved, I just like that idea. And so for most couples, I was kind of thinking about, okay, so where would you start? If you're a couple, you know, and you had to, if you're not naturally inclined to be thinking about your spouse's strengths, Mm -hmm. what would be a good place to start? I was thinking maybe when they first met. 
Okay. Uh, Going back to the beginning, what first drew you to that person? Yeah, because, I mean, typically early in the relationship is when couples notice all of the positive traits of their partners. Okay. Right? Is part of that because of what we've said before, when you're dating, you tend to send out your representative? You send in your representative, and so you're on your best behavior, your partner's on their best behavior. Uh So you're only getting the good stuff anyway. Exactly. And so naturally, that's when you're going to notice all the great things. And and it's also the things that attract you to the person in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so if you think back to the characteristics that your spouse had that you admired in those early days... What would those be? And I'm going to go first because I'm going to actually share what I noticed about you oh. early in the day. Well, back I 20, can't wait to hear let's this. Let's see. We've been married 26 years, so this was 28, nine years ago. 29, yeah. That you and I met. Mm-hmm. I actually remember the first time I laid eyes on you. I walked into my uncle's house where they were having a big barbecue party, and you were standing in the kitchen holding court with a group of people that you had just met because you had just moved to town, and you were telling, you know, adventures of your latest trip to California, and... And I remember walking around the corner and looking at you, and the first thing I noticed was that you were tall and really cute. <laughs> tall was always a plus for but you. But the second thing I noticed was that you had this self-confidence that was, like, very attractive. Really? Like, that was a long time ago. Borderline cocky. <laughs> yeah. Like, you weren't cocky or arrogant, but you were just very comfortable in your own skin, and it was recognizable right away. Okay. And I just remember thinking, who is this? Like, he's brand new, and I've never seen him before, and here he is just holding court, and I just was instantly attracted to that part of you. And I also knew that first day that I met you that you had a great sense of humor, and I thought you were really funny and loved to laugh. And so those were the things that instantly... I picked up on the first day that I met you. So when I say dumb things now, I need to remind you that you were initially attracted to that sense of humor. Exactly. Because most of the time... Thankfully, you still have a sense of humor, and so I don't have to think back to that. Yeah, you have a great sense of humor, too. So, okay, so what were the things that I was initially attracted to? Well, as Delbert McClinton said... Some things I can't mention got my attention, but as, <laughs> aside from that, you know, what really locked me in first was I was running a spotlight at a little concert for a friend of mine. Uh, somebody said, hey, you want to run a spotlight? And the singer turned out to be you. Mm. And I heard out of this almost 18-year-old beauty queen, this <laughs> just amazing voice come out of your mouth. I was like, holy mackerel, what is this? <laughs> this could happen. Because I'd already had some friends saying, you need to take out Kelly Jones. You need to take out Kelly Jones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not, she's too young. Because <laughs> we were six years apart. We still are six years apart. Yep, yeah. I uh, keep trying to close that gap. I know. But, but when we met, you were 23 and I was 17. And yeah. that was like, oh. But I didn't take you out to your 18th till birthday. My 18th birthday. That's right. I know. You just, were very shrewd. Yeah. Just you just held out a few months. Trying to stay legal and above board and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. No, but I was also, uh, once we got to know each other, I was so attracted to your your poise, your your godliness. What was expressed when you sang came from your heart that you were that you loved the Lord. That was very attractive to me. But also, you were funny. You came from a funny family. You were fun. You were much 
older than your age. You know, I mean, you were just. <laughs> and I, I think had you it, fooled. Yeah, well, you had been singing professionally since you were 13, so you had already moved and operated in an adult world for for a while, mm-hmm. and you had had a lot of even just pressure and expectation put on you at a young age and so forth. So, so well, that, that is very nice. Yeah. So well, anyway. Well, as we started dating, I, uh, you know, I mentioned I could tell you had a lot of confidence. You had a great sense of humor. Um, but as I got to know you, I discovered that you had tremendous integrity, that you were a person of your word. Um, and what I loved about you then and I still love about you is that you have a natural optimism. Hmm. So even when things get really hard and difficult, you're just always kind of like, we'll, we'll figure this out. This will be fine. You Most know? of the time. And that's a great strength to have in marriage for sure. I also discovered that you can verbally process better than any female I will ever know. <laughs> Uh, sometimes wow. leaving me in the dust. Like, you can talk. The boy can talk. Yeah. And so I feel for, you know, when I when I have girlfriends who say that they can't get enough verbal processing going with their husband, I'm like, wow, I have more than my share of verbal processing because you can process. Wow. Homeboy is, can process. As long as I can learn to land the plane <laughs> while I'm processing, that's helpful. No, I think that's a strength for both of us. And so what we you know, try I think to, that's the first time you've ever told me that. No, I've told you that before. First time I remember you telling me that. Well, no, that's another conversation. (laughs) Um, But this is why when we do, when we host our annual marriage retreat, one of the first exercises that we do when we open the weekend is we have couples, you know, sit close to each other, face each other at their table, and we have them replay what when they first met if they can remember it not everyone can remember their first meeting mm-hmm. but when they first started dating and they and we have them talk about like you know i remember the moment that i thought wow this could really be the one mm-hmm. you know and what were the surroundings about that and 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 to, to kind of go back and experience that again because couples forget mm-hmm. and you can be married a long time and things can get hard and difficult or stale even mm-hmm. And we don't fan that flame Mm -hmm. of memory. And so when we don't do that, we forget that, oh, wow, he was really cool when I met him. Or she was really (laughs) great when we first knew each other. Now he's just a grumpy old man. And and so we we just try to get couples to go back and relive that. It's important because – and here's the reason why – is the couples that we sit with who are struggling – um, a lot of times, well, obviously they've forgotten what's good in the relationship, but we will have couples who will say, um, I don't think I'm in love anymore. Mm. I don't think I ever was. Right. Yeah. And you want to go, yeah, I don't think so. You've just forgotten that you mm. were in love at one point because people don't get married who aren't in love with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I've never met a couple out of the hundreds and hundreds of weddings we've been to. Never known a couple who didn't love each other on their wedding day. It's yeah, preposterous. On, on some level, yeah. But you can start, that feeling can start to fade if you mm-hmm. let it. And mm-hmm. so we just like try to have couples relive that. And we think that's even a good little annual exercise to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so going back to when, when you first met, what were the things that really kind of uh, you loved about your spouse, I think is really a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. It is. And you're listening to Marriage to the Max.
Welcome back to Marriage to the Max. And if you were in the greater Houston area, we want you to know that we host a monthly date night called Dinner and a Marriage, and we would love to have you join us. It's a lot of fun. Visit dinnerandamarriage.org to find out more details. We'll see you there. Well, we're continuing our conversation in this episode entitled Everyone's an Expert. Before the break, we were discussing how our natural strengths and abilities in marriage can serve as an area of relational expertise, because everyone's an expert at something. And Brett, you and I were reliving the old days when we first were discovering each other's um, strengths and abilities. And so what might be some other natural strengths that a person brings to their marriage? You know, on the one hand, I think... Marriage is a great laboratory of learning about ourselves, learning about each other, and hopefully in your marriage you grow as a person. Mm -hmm. But there are also things that we're just kind of hardwired to be naturally good at, right? and those things you bring into the relationship from the beginning. So what what might be some examples of things that people might have as their, their natural ability? Right. Well, you might have the ability to persevere, which may not sound like a big deal or that it's all that attractive, but it is Mm -hmm. attractive. You know, somebody that says, uh, no matter what's happening, we're going to fight through this and we're going to hang in there together, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, we've even sat with couples before who were in crisis where one of them had really given up hope, Mm -hmm. you know, and just been like, I just don't think this can work out. And because one spouse was like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to figure it out. We're going to get to the other side. Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it just takes one person. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. What about like loyalty? Oh, that's huge. I I think of you with that word, loyalty. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you've always been very loyal and very supportive and you always believe the best in me, and <laughs> even if I give you plenty of reasons not to, you know, you, you've definitely always been that kind of person. That's very sweet. What about just being naturally a good listener? And of course, this is something we can all improve our, our skill. A lot of these are we can improve in, mm-hmm. but some people are just naturally good listeners. I think of people in my life who um, were naturally good listeners. Maybe they weren't just overly verbose, and so they could naturally just kind of sit and be patient, and mm-hmm. they were pretty laid back. And, and why? Why is that important to a marriage? Because if you want excellent communication, you have got to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. You also have to be a good speaker. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to communicate what it is that you're feeling and needing. But in this fast-paced society that we live in, people are in such a hurry right. that um, we're cutting each other off, we're interrupting, you know. And so to really sit and be engaged and listen, huge gift. Right. We meet with couples all the time, and they're wanting to get to some type of harmony about their conflict package and the close cousin of conflict is always communication Mm -hmm. and you know as we have said many times on this podcast before healthy communication effective communication is not just limited to how often and how frequently you put information out there you've also got to hear exactly each other's information or there's not good communication happening. That's right. That's so right. so the natural gift of being a good listener or even a learned gift of being a good listener is vital for mm-hmm. moving a marriage to a better place. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the natural strength of adaptability? Just being able to go with the flow and change when because change happens yeah. when you're living together and someone gets offered a job in a new state or, yep. you know. Yeah. I would say of the two of us, I like change less <laughs> 
<laughs> but wouldn't you say I've been adaptable Definitely. to that change? I, the, you kind of didn't give me a choice. The really. idea comes to mind for when we were first married, and I would get the uh, the itch to change the furniture, rearrange the furniture, <laughs> because for me that was always a high value. Growing up with a mother who did the same thing, yeah. that it just kind of gives you a fresh slate. You know, you just get everything kind of clean, and you've got a new uh, way of living in your room. And so when I would tell you when we were first married, I'd go, I think I'm going to rearrange the living room. You'd be like, No, please don't. <laughs> Again? I, I I'm just now getting used to the way it is. You know, I learned that I could do that. Like maybe if you were working on a day and I was at home, I could do it, get it exactly the way I wanted to. And then when you would come in, you'd be like, oh, well, this is nice. But leading up to that and telling you I was going to do it was not usually. And it took me a while to learn. However you rearranged the room, it was perfect. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Took me a while, though. (laughs) Well, I think about a natural ability. And and again, this is one of those things that can be a learned skill as well, but also just being good with money, naturally good with money. Mm -hmm. I think I credit you a lot uh, with that because early in our uh, relationship, you were one who wanted to be more of the saver. Uh I wanted to spend money and have fun. And we we only have money because we need to have fun with it. And you were like, yeah, let's think about things like IRAs and, you know, savings accounts. And that was kind of like boring to my thought process. But over time, obviously, that's been a tremendous blessing for us is Mm. to sock stuff away and save for a rainy day and all that. But you've also influenced me on how to spend money, you know, in a a responsible way and in, in a fun way to take the important trips and to do the overnights and the things that, you know, a lot of guys, we've talked about this before, you know, doing a quarterly overnight in your own hometown, you know, what's the point? We've got a king size bed. Why would I pay money to go to some four star hotel downtown? That mm-hmm. seems a little ridiculous. Well, it's worth it. It's a worthwhile investment. And yeah. You've helped me be a little more frivolous in a good way. Yeah. You know, for the for the sake of <laughs> we've, our we've morphed a little bit into one another. Without question. Uh, what about just the the strength of being a lifelong learner, a curiosity about just wanting to keep learning no matter how old you get? Yeah. I we're both that type of person mm-hmm. now and I I don't know, maybe you influence me to be that way or I don't know. I don't know. I don't who know. I'm... You were the avid reader when we first met. Like uh-huh. I when we first met and even first married, we're first married, you'd want to spend a Saturday afternoon reading. And yeah. I'd be like, reading? That, I only had to do that in school because I was forced to. And because I had never uh, developed an appreciation of just the joy of reading. Yeah. And for me, I kind of, I think I had kind of some ADHD stuff that, you know, never got diagnosed back in the day. I probably did too. And some reading comp stuff. And st- so I just kind of taught myself how to just develop that a skill. And now, I mean, I read all the oh, yeah. time. It's yeah, something I constantly. absolutely love to do. Well, and you learn constantly. Yeah. And that's such a great quality. I mean, I personally think really everyone should be a lifetime learner yeah. because I think that brings so much to your own personal enrichment. It certainly brings a lot to a marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps you to... You have to, new stuff to talk about. Yeah, and grow together and all that kind of thing. But but yeah, so somebody that is big on learning, that that's a huge asset to bring to a marriage. Yeah, I think so too. What about hardworking? Oh, definitely. Just like perseverance. I mean, just someone who's just not afraid of hard work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's a natural strength. Yeah. I mean, there's a balance to everything, but you and I both have very strong work ethics and that has been great for mm-hmm. our marriage and for our family and 
Yeah. You need to have a Sabbath too. You know? Yeah, for sure. You need to take time to play and and to get along with God and get quiet and mm-hmm. all the other things that are kind of the antithesis of hard work. Yeah. But, but hard work is a good thing. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about couples who, as they're as they're trying to sit and think about their spouse's natural strengths, their own natural abilities, things like being emotionally steady. Mm-hmm. You know, that can be a tremendous gift if you're married to someone who tends to be really, really high or really, really low. Yeah. That's a great thing to bring. Being decisive, you know, just being able to make a decision and not right. stressing over it. Um, so we are going to eat at Chili's tonight. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Oh, even things like just seeing the lighter side of life and not taking life too seriously. You know, I could see where that could become problematic if all you want to do is joke around. But sometimes we need someone to kind of get our head out of the dumpster, you know, and just like think positively. So has that been problematic? No, I think I have I have learned from you on that. Like, just let's not take it all too seriously. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm going to remember that. Okay. Next time we fight about me taking the lighter side of life. (laughs) I also think about a natural (laughs) strength of being comfortable with vulnerability. Now, this is something that we all could learn more of. But there are some people who are just naturally okay with being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have vulnerability in a marriage – you know, you've got some intimacy issues, most likely, right? Because um, right. you have to be able to practice vulnerability in your marriage. There's, mm-hmm. there's no place that you should be able to practice that more than in your marriage relationship. And you certainly can't grow if you're not being vulnerable with right. one another, right? Yeah. And then things like just being protective, you know, protecting your spouse—that's mm-hmm. something that you know can be a great asset. And then I just even jotted down someone who's got has an easy time saying I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about you on that because most of our marriage, you've just been like, you know, not that you're just willing to not deal with conflict, mm-hmm. but it is pretty easy for you to say I'm sorry. You know, will you forgive me? Let's move on. Mm-hmm. I have a much harder time usually saying I'm sorry with very gritted teeth, no. you know. And so that's a gift. That's a strength that is a natural thing. I, I think you were just kind of made that way. I don't know that you really learned that growing up, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of part of your personality. I want to go back to the protective thing. I mean, you always have said throughout our marriage how important it is for me to be protective of you. I think most wives would want their husbands to be protective of them and on a lot of different levels. But mm-hmm. but I think of how you've been protective of me mm-hmm. and particularly protective of my schedule. Now it's our, our schedule. We're both protective of each other's schedule and mm-hmm. our collective schedule because we do so much ministry and activity now. But back in the days when, you know, maybe you were home with the kids and I was working and I had a lot of ministry options on my table, you were, you were always very protective, not just so I would be present for you and the kids, but also to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated I learned a lot from mm-hmm. you being protective of me that way. Yeah, yeah, that's very sweet. Well, I just, you know, I thought about how thinking about this episode and the, and the content of this episode is how does this type of conversation help a married couple? And I just kind of thought in a couple of ways. One is if you're in kind of a ho-hum marriage and things may be kind of stale and, you know, it's just not a terribly energized situation, 
you might have a hard time seeing what your spouse brings to the relationship. You mm-hmm. know, everyone gets in seasons where they think, oh, what has my spouse done for me lately, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes just going back to square one can help re-energize your relationship. I think about, you know, when you're sitting around a campfire and uh, the campfire has kind of dwindled down and it's just kind of those glowing embers left. Uh-huh. You know, they say that if you'll fan that those embers that you can get a flame going again. And right. sometimes in marriage, we have to do that. We have to go back and fan that flame. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it feels like it's dying, um, you might be surprised at how much energy you can, how much life you can bring into your marriage relationship just by going back and remembering the good things. Fairly quickly even Yeah, in a lot of cases. And then the second thing, reason I thought this conversation might help a married couple is because if you're feeling down on yourself and you're wondering if you bring anything of value to your marriage relationship, this can help you to encourage yourself Mm -hmm. and realize, you know what, I've got some things I'm pretty good at too Mm -hmm. that I can bring to the table. You know, obviously in a a humble way, we want to think about that. Um, You know, if I had to identify one of my own strengths, Mm -hmm. I would probably say that, um, you know, I, I have an an easy time being vulnerable. Vulnerability mm-hmm. is a really high value mm-hmm. for me. Yep. And so I don't know that I was always like that, but at some point I picked up on that. Right. And so I think that's something I could say. I have a natural strength at doing that. And I, I have a natural strength at just wanting to get to the heart of the matter and not leave things on a surface or superficial mm-hmm. level. And so that is something I would just identify as my own. What about you? Definitely. That's true of you for sure. Uh, I guess for me, just being an encourager, mm-hmm. I, I know that's something God has created me to be. And that's even one of your spiritual gifts, I think, is to be an exhorter. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, you're right. You're all if, if, for as long as I've known you, you've been the kind of person that you genuinely see the best in people. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see them succeed and do well and have you know uh, peace in their life and contentment and. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say that's the strength of yours. Yeah. Uh, you're an expert at exhortation. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. So for those of us who are married, you know, God has equipped us in a customized way to bring something unique to our marriage relationship. Everybody. Every Everybody, single yes. person. Thanks and it's bring. easy to forget what that is sometimes, and occasionally we need to remind ourselves. So we want to encourage you to think about this idea and then go tell your partner how he or she is an expert in a particular area of a relationship. You might be surprised. You might make their day just well, telling them that. You have certainly made my day today with <laughs> all that Our great Mutual Admiration Society. Yeah. You're pretty awesome. <laughs> well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org and we will do our best to get it on the air. We also hope that you would help us out by rating this podcast on iTunes. Five stars, five stars. (laughs) This helps us to have more visibility. And if you write us a nice review, we'll try to give you a shout out on the air. Well, thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. Hello.